All right. You, you know that I was just itching to do it. <laughs> Welcome back to Studio C, Peace Grenades World Headquarters in Roseau, Minnesota. Got Kevin Broughton and Levi Novacic back here with you. Levi got to hit the record button tonight. He's already got a big smile on his face. First time ever. I was I was reaching out for it. Broughton just kind of nods at me and goes, do you, do you want to do, do it this time? <laughs> like I was a little kid, like a little brother. Like You want to press the to button first? Maybe you want to sling a daredevil. No, no, not there. that one. Not that one. Oh. <laughs> and you just went panic mode. What, what, what? You I almost was, hit the ejector seat, dude. I was itching to do it. Hmm. So what do we got cooking, Brats? You been keeping up on the news or no? I don't know. Yeah, not really. Not really. Is there some I haven't news either. now? Well, I did. I did a drive today. I drove down to work to Bemidji, and uh, I was catching up on uh, some of that. There's two different trials going on right now for some. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's two. Of there's them. the shooting. Yeah, there's, there's a one Kenosha, in Georgia, Wisconsin. The one for... in Georgia is pretty blatant. I think that's a cut and dry deal there. I think the. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think they're both pretty cut and dry. So Kenosha's, yeah, the uh, yeah, kid that was at a rally, and then Georgia's Ahmad Arbery. The um, Georgia one, there's like zero. Where was, I think right now they're just essentially they're having a trial. Which they're, to it figure looks, out how much each individual has involvement. There's like exactly. three guys that chase, kind of chase down a black dude. That they're all they're they're all going to get pretty heavy. Yeah, they heavy, should. I mean, I mean, if he's, I, Running I, through your neighborhood or jogging on the street or whatever, there's no... Yeah, whatever the situation is, you don't... <laughs> I don't think, um, you know, I, I'm all about everybody, you know, you have a right to defend yourself by any means necessary. But not to chase people, right? right off your property. That's what through, I was going to say. Like, so, so there's you, no being... So my, my, my safe space is arms, one arm's length, right? So, so like if somebody comes in on me... We well, kind of know that. That's like fighting, right? Right, one arm's length. It, that's 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 the rule of thumb, right? And so I watched the video while, as I was kind of listening to the um, the Georgia one. Was everybody knows I, the Georgia one? Kind of I didn't know much about it, so I did do a little bit of just for just a little not research, but I was just listening in, and it sounded to me like they tried to portray this guy. He was a Coast Guard vet, and they tried to portray him like he understood escalation of force. And, you know, the fact that he lives in a... Ahmaud Arbery was a Coast Guard vet? No, the, the guy that shot him. But oh. um, the fact that he lives... I shouldn't say this because, you know, I'm about, you know, constitutional rights. But the fact that he lives in a in a fairly urban setting... Yeah. I, I saw the terrain there, like, in the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's, it's like a town suburb. neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the fact that he grabbed a shotgun because during the middle of the day... I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, but he he said he'd seen him before in the neighborhood snooping around. What the like, first thing that okay. you should do though is call the police. Yeah, yeah. If, if you suspect a burglary that's not on your property, because it had nothing to do with him, it wasn't on his property. Oh yeah, he said he saw the guy looking around right. somebody else's stuff. So if I if I, I drive by my neighbor's house and I I don't have an obligation, also, both legally and morally, I do not have an obligation to essentially assert myself with deadly force. I do have no, an... Hell I, no. Of course he can just be like, hey, what are you, what are you yeah, up what are you to? Doing, dude? And he might say, ah, I saw this boat was posted for sale online. Right, you know? right. You, you, I guess As, you could uh, ask. Yeah, you could, you could ask, hey, oh, this is my... I'm supposed to meet somebody. Like, you have no idea. Like, I'm supposed to meet somebody here. I'm, I was selling something online, or I... Uh, and, and, and so many different scenarios, like... 
Yeah, oh. that, 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 that case is completely different from the one in, in Kenosha. You know, Kenosha is a, a really messy, ugly. So then in Georgia, though, they, they kind of pin this guy down in the middle of the road or something, didn't um, they? Or yeah, something they, or just kind of. Well, the way he told the story was that he the guy was, he essentially had approached them several times without saying anything, and he looked them directly in the eyes. And he, to me, I didn't really see any indicators even as a per- okay, so anything that would seem dangerous without any like premeditated, you know, I guess premeditated, um, I guess plan or well, I guess what I'm saying is if you look at every single human being and you, and you okay, say it was me, right? Yeah, I'm driving on, you know, I, I'm in the neighborhood and I see this guy supposedly doing this stuff, right? Um, I mean, like I said, the first thing you should do is probably call law enforcement, whatever, be the sheriff or, or whatever, the neighborhood watch gang or whatever. And this was the neighborhood watch gang, so don't call them. <laughs> so so here's the thing, though. you, what, what these guys need to under, you know, people like, obviously, I, I believe that race race in that situation was definitely a factor because um, I have been in the South. Um, and I'm not saying that every white Southerner is a racist. I'm not saying that. No, I'm just saying that there is some for sure some issues still. There, there, there's, there's issues up hey, here, and we'll, we're we'll, ten we'll, miles from Canada, we'll so call, there's we'll, most definitely issues. I'll down call it its inherent. Yeah. It's inherent race, which means, you know, essentially racism is somewhat inherited from inherited generation to generation. Inherited, yeah. So some people may it's, it, it's kind of they may be biased towards so, somebody else. Not in their genetics; it has to be taught. Right, but what I'm saying is, it's just like um. It's, it's really no different than, say, you grow up in a household that smokes meth, right? Um, you, As a young child, if your parents were to do meth or drugs or il- illicit substances in front of you, there's part of a, a, the human brain that would tell you, even through your whole adulthood, that there is something accepting about that. Acceptable. Now, I don't know. I've seen people go the other way, too. Me. Like, yeah, you. I didn't sure grow up with meth or nothing Multiple like that. people who have had, you know. Alcoholic parents that will never have a drink in their life, and it's like, oh, so I, I mean, I, they, kinda, they've I seen, to, I've I, seen both sides of that coin. I had to run the full gamut. Absolutely, but. yeah. Levi had to run the gamut for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, we heard a little bit of what last year, but yeah, but he, yeah. So, so the the whole thing is, um, <clears throat> so that one they're get they're they're going down. They, um, they are. Kenosha, Wisconsin, is maybe like uh, the jury's deliberating till tomorrow or still. I don't possibly. Know. Are they? I don't, I don't know. They were today. I didn't I didn't hear anything on it. Could be done, but uh, I I doubt it. That's a 17-year-old. That's a hard one. Who to me. uh who's there's a town uh, about half an hour away from him that there were um riots and protests in. And he thought that well he says that his stepdad lives there or his dad lives there. Um in Kenosha. In yeah, cuz he yeah, cuz he doesn't eat, this boy doesn't even live there. He said, I was trying to defend my town. I saw that they were coming to wreck my town. It's like, okay. I I still can't get on board with a 17-year-old grabbing an AR and a that, fanny pack full of Band-Aids saying that he's going to go and be a medic. Okay, so, so. If it was an AR, I don't even know, but, a, you know, a salt-style rifle that he strapped on his back. So like that's, he where was, you and I, that's where you and I agree, right? Where you said that, that point right there where you said, <clears throat> where you said a 17-year-old grabbed an AR and went and thought he was going to... That's where you and I agree. It, it, yeah, you can't... That would not fly here. Well, here's, anywhere, here's, I mean, here's one thing is... I have a son. 
Yeah. And so do you. But you, yeah. your yeah, son's not. Yeah, my son's a baby. Yeah, so here, here's the thing. You'd be out of your fucking mind to let, to let, I, I, you know. Well, 18-year-olds, you can go in the uh, military. I, I get so that. 17, but 17 is not 18. Yeah, that's the difference, right? So, yeah, so so here's the thing. He's not a legal difference. adult, right? So, uh, you know, if the kid would have been 20, he can be responsible for his own actions with that weapon, right? But I guarantee you, now I don't know him. I don't know his character. I, I have watched a little bit. I think he got, you know, pretty well coached to just sit there and say three things. You well, know? yeah, so, so well, obviously he got coached. He's got lawyers that are trying yeah, to keep yeah. him out of jail. Yeah, that are probably paid for by the nra i don't think that i doubt it but i you know they're probably paid for by by somebody else. somebody else yeah, other sure. than his parents yeah um but what i guess what i'm saying is now so do you think he's young enough that he shouldn't be held responsible for well, it, that it's on his parents what, still or what the bottom teaching line him that so so the bottom line is i'll tell you let me tell you my my take on the whole thing um you know and i'll tell you this being a veteran and being, you know, well-versed in weaponry and stuff doesn't make me any more qualified. And my opinion doesn't mean any more in this matter than anybody else's opinion, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean any more than anybody else's. But I'll tell you my point of view is um, <clears throat> I do have a theory behind the whole Kenosha thing. I, okay. I, it's not a conspiracy theory. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have a theory of what really happened, and I feel like the truth isn't coming out. So you know what CarMax is? Those, those car dealerships they were trying yeah, yeah. to protect? I think... Oh, I, that's what they're trying to protect, CarMax. Yes, I think I think like a rental agency. Well, no, it was a. They're like these. Um, okay, so it's almost. I think we would call it like a third-party car sales place. So it's not Chevy, Ford, Dodge, Toyota. It's oh yeah, yeah. it's like Carmax. a used car com, sale. Yeah. yeah, like kind of like car. So uh, they must have lots somewhere, right? Yeah, I think they called it the CarMax lot, right? So the protesters went in and burnt one of the whole one owner. Mm -hmm. I imagine this guy's got pretty heavy pockets. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's just like any other business owner. You know, he's got bills to pay too. But yeah. this this one owner owns all these car. It's, to me, it sounds like it's almost like a foreign family. Yeah, I think they're Indian, like yeah. like not India. Native American, but India. Yeah, I, the, don't quote me on that, listeners. Um, but they initially, I think they got kind of requested to this militia group. Kind of got requested, but because the police were not helping those guys. Yeah, they were essentially the only thing the the police and law enforcement were doing is protecting government own buildings other than that it was it was kind of a free-for-all and things escalated quickly both sides of it they were smashing up a lot of both shit downtown of, or what were yeah. they doing is it picketing or literally just well, throwing just Molotov cocktails, cocktails. They so they burnt like a hundred cars at the first car max yeah so they burnt on a hundred right and the guy's like i'm sure he was at, kind of pleading for help from somebody and the, that militia group came in and I think I, my opinion is that there was that, people that came from all over. Well, or what, it was a militia. How did he get it was a word out to? It was a militia. How did he get word out to so, these? So my random is, people that are ready with weapons. This is based off of my theory and my theory alone. Not any. <laughs> this is my theory is a, a couple of guys from a militia, which typically in a big situation like that, there is always a couple guys that show up with ARs and you know whatever. It seems to be so. So fuck. So anyways, <laughs> I think I, this is my view now mm -hmm. this is not but this is my theory is that i think those guys that own that family or that those folks that own that car Mac, i think they requested that once they saw what those guys were capable of doing i think they requested that they get their buddies to come in and help and maybe even offer to pay them yeah now this is like i said i'm not just from what i've seen off this told so i think what happened here is 
So do you, in the videos, do you see like a family member standing there with the militia or so what? The, during the trial, they had pictures of the owner of CarMax with the militia guys like... Buddied up? Like like six of them with their ARs and stuff standing in front of CarMax or whatever the name of the car lot is. Like it's like like a con, like a picture with, you know... No shit. Yeah, dude. Uh, you can look it up. Um, like here's the posse. They're yeah, here, baby. Yeah, like like a picture like, hey, you know what? So... Mess, don't mess with that guy. Guys. That guy testified and he claimed in the, in the jury... You know, during the jury trial, that he claimed the owner of the CarMax did testify, and he claimed that he didn't know those guys. Well, I'm you sure know. He did. I mean, he not till that day. Do you think he know, knew him before that day? So or how did he call these fuckers up so fast? Well, I know, and that's that's kind of how things. You know what? There's one guy that was down there that was like, "Hey, you got any? Mu- you want to pay us? We'll come. I got a posse that'll It might come. have been. They might have been selling security. You yeah, know, that'll come and so watch this for you. And, there, and there's nothing illegal about selling but so, security. But so, that 17-year-old was part of a militia? No, he wasn't part of a militia. So, Or how did he so, get called from a half so, an hour away in another town? So here's what I think he happened. He said he just saw it on the news. Here's but, what I think or, happened is he may be he may have ties or, like, you know, he may have been trying to, you know, whatever, join the militia. But here's the deal. This is what happens when you're unorganized, right? Like, when I say unorganized, I mean, I mean like, when you have a group of people that are together, you need, like, those guys that were part of that little militia thing. Well, did they kill more people? No. Did anybody else kill anybody? No, he was the only one. So what 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 they should have done and He though, wasn't really with anybody in the video. He was like running by himself. But he was kind of running with those guys and that's that's kind of well, the Well, where con- were they then? That's the confusing Where the fuck were they when he's getting That is the confusing part, but if you if, listen to the testimony nobody knows really how he ended up in the situation that he ended up in. With well, that, I can with, tell you that he was right in front of like a big posse, and he probably yelled some shit at him. Well, and, and there was a, there was this when so, when somebody sees it's like a kid, they're like, "Hey, what the fuck are you doing? Give me that gun!" So you it know? Was, so it was like so. Here's what happened, in my opinion, though, was somehow he got roped into, or somehow, you know, kind of separated from his battalion. What? <laughs> He got separated from second battalion. No, I'm, not, I'm not sticking up for him. I'm, I'm just <laughs> stating what what I think yeah, yeah. Is, is the deal here. But so I don't know if you know this or not, but the first guy I didn't that know he, there was lots rose, of other people standing around with guns too. But so the first guy that he killed was actually mentally ill, and he was he shouldn't have been yeah, there. Yeah, he should he'd not been have in, been in Kenosha at all. Well, where is he supposed to be? I mean, who knows? He just who's got out of be? a freaking mental hospital. I know, hospital. but who knows? I mean, you can't. Where, like Maybe he aunt, didn't have a home. Yeah, his fucking aunt didn't pick him up and bring him home, so he was living out in the street. But like, who the, fucking knows? But there was te- there was other protesters that testified that he was going go- goofy. Going goofy, like like they're like, holy shit, like this guy's making the situation. He he was saying stuff like, I'll what do you say? I'll rip your fucking heart out. I'll kill you and rip your fucking heart out to these guys with ARs and stuff. And it's like, whoa. Yeah, it, uh, to me, that if I was standing there with with a weapon, I wouldn't face would me. Know I wouldn't even care though. You know, people like around yes. here that would say shit like that. So here's the like, th- here's the thing though. You if understand I they're unstable. I can look at somebody and I know I'm like, especially if they don't have a weapon. Right. I'm gonna. Re- I'm probably more than likely gonna remove myself from that situation completely. No, you just like give them the butt end of your gun or you know punch them. But no, no, you know, no. But. Not even that, dude. I wouldn't because you know honestly he. I don't think he know, knew what he was doing at all. Well, that Rosenbaum, and, well, so and, that's, think, and that's the problem with a seventeen-year-old. Hey, maybe he, just like uh, animals, you know, as soon as the kid turned and ran, they fucking 
run after. I mean, I think I that's maybe what happened. And, but here's the thing: the kid, 17, he did not have the experience that it took to be down there with it with a, with a, a, a weapon, that type of weapon. Right. Yeah. He did but, not have the experience because there was a, there was an army vet down there. That so. Was kind of, he was an army vet, and he had an AR. He didn't even touch anybody down there. He was just down there to hang out with his, the CarMax guy, and he was a resident of Kenosha. Didn't have to, right? He didn't have to do anything, and he, he testified, and he seemed like he was he was kind of a – he was different. Yeah. Like, he was kind of like playing this, you know, oh, I'm a fucking – I got a gun. I'm going to shoot you. You know, like, I don't know. Like, like I, older and more confident. Or what? No, it wasn't that. I, he was just a cog off to it, in my opinion. Like, yeah, yeah. Like he, I don't know if he was playing with a full deck, to be honest yeah. with you. Well, I don't think you really are. Like I don't, I don't know that any of these um, down home militias are really playing with a full deck anymore. I think they've been, you know, you get these bands of brothers that don't know what the fuck to do, and they put together backwoods training sessions and. Well, fucking and, carry each other out of the woods like they're still in the army. Well, and my problem with, those, with those with these that's groups. That's fun when you're like 10, 11, 12, you know, right. 15, you know, making an obstacle course in the woods and play, doing some shit and playing with stick guns and shit, you know. Well, my, my problem with these groups is usually, then, usually but, their leader does no verification of credentials at all. I was going to say, but then if you want, you can go into the military, right. you know, when you're 18. So, so are these want, all people that didn't make the cut that's got, what worries me um yeah got kicked out for some reason they weren't able to even do it mental illness or something and they're like hey fuck i made it through this much basic before they kicked me out now you're fucking toting around a gun in the homeland yeah pretty much for fucking I, and dude i talked to a guy this summer oh man you have no idea this is funny i talked to him for a whole day and i thought he was like had been in the military for a long time he was talking different he had you fooled dude different missions and different shit that he'd been on and Training is it, is it and he's like a, he's done training uh, for different squadrons or, or I you know just like talking like for real shit he I hired his crew to help me do some concrete this summer yeah you'll get those at the end of the day <laughs> he said so he said something like kind of funny towards the end of the day and I'm like I went over and talked to one of the other guys on the crew and he goes fuck no dude he's never been in the military he plays this game online like hardcore at night for fucking six hours a night and i freaking some some computer army game you know and he's done it for 20 years or, or i don't fucking like know how long some shit. i mean yeah like uh yeah call of duty but even maybe more than that where you actually build your own i, I don't know but it sounded so serious and he literally talked about it and talked about like training squads and different military tactics and this and that i didn't i couldn't even tell that he was he was talking online fucking video games, but he didn't let on that he was either. He talked like he was, like he believed that he knew all this. I mean, he probably did. Just like if you play Madden all the time, you know, all the fucking different NFL plays probably, but well, it was goofy. So the guys are saying that at the end. They're like, no, nah, dude, he's totally fucking Rick is fake. a little, yeah, he's a little off his rocker. He fucking talks like he's. He's an online fucking yeah, soldier. like he does this and he'll talk he's big, but he just. He's a good concrete worker, but he ain't all there, you know? And it's like, well, well fuck, that's when you get a little fucking sketchy when, well, so when you back, ain't all there. Back to this this deal here in Kenosha, though. So, the, the you know, I just want to remind myself, you know, there, there's certain aspects of the trial that So wait, I watched it pretty closely. First guy, 
he shot it, was coming at him saying he's gonna eat his face yeah, or something and I the think, second I, guy I tried he, to i think he got attacked tried to grab the gun from the kid or something and had a gun himself is that right um so he killed two people and wounded one you know yep so so i believe oh, one he shot believe, through the arm or something yeah so i believe the second one that he actually killed was was swinging at him with a skateboard or hit him in the head with a skateboard he shot the kid that hit him with or the guy that hit him with the skateboard yep what the fuck? You never been and then beat and, up before then, once or like? Well, the thing of it is, he they do that on ridiculousness and fucking. I mean, well, I mean, I he get was, it. Yeah, you could. He fucking, wasn't. He wasn't like donkey stomping him with the skateboard. It was could, like a sideways. He could fucking thump somebody with yeah, one a little and then, bit. And then and then the other guy came at him with a pistol and. The tried guy, to grab the gun or the something. The guy actually admitted that you know because the, the, that's another thing. The oh, the one that lived had the gun. Yeah, the prosecution did not. If they were trying to portray, they didn't do a very good job. I mean, of the portraying what? Of whatever they were trying to do. I mean, they just because they they brought their witness on the stand. He was one of them that. Um, oh no! Yeah, I heard this. One of one of them like said something just like almost yeah. on the lines like "I did the same thing" or yeah, some well, shit. It, it was that guy with the handgun. I can't remember his name. Grossowitz or whatever. I don't know. And he, and they go okay. So they had a picture up for for like a you know they had a picture up in the courtroom and they. It had a picture of him pointing his pistol right at him, mm-hmm. and he was laying on his back on the ground that the, the young the kid, kid was with and his gun pointed at him. With his gun pointed at him, and um, the, the the prosecutor asked that witness that had the fort, you know, the gun, handgun. He said, "Well, and you didn't have intentions of shooting him or whatever." He was trying to, and the guy goes, "I don't know." The guy goes, "No, I was gonna shoot." shoot him oh know? really yeah. i mean their, their witness is just no a, i was gonna shoot him yeah, well but he was well you know maybe the, he said i would i if he was i was gonna I, shoot him if he didn't give up his weapon or something you know right, but or, the prosecution was not <laughs> prosecuting him no. yeah <laughs> like, he's like oh fuck no like I, you just fucked yeah, me you know yeah. like the prosecution did just a, not that good of a job and and well, it shouldn't take much, I don't think. I don't think there's much. I mean, I don't. I yeah, it, it I'd all, be, it, it it, I think it would on, be fucked up to see a 17 year old so, kid just walking down the street. It's weird. There's, Texas is like that, right? Where all, you can just so, open carry anybody or something. Yeah. So, so, so with this, I'm being not said, used to that shit. So, with this being said, it, it doesn't matter what the public opinion is, right? It does not matter what public opinion is. What the jury, why it takes so long is they got to go through every shred of evidence and b- that's been put in front of them and they need to decipher how to interpret h- how each piece of evidence falls under the law in that state you know what i'm saying yeah i mean that's just the way it goes that's why it takes so long and i'm sure they got a hung jury right now because they got to try to decipher if laws were broken you know did he was it what was the first sh- murder well, i think he intentionally went down i mean yeah i don't think that you can't say it was intentional if you went down there with a fucking fully loaded weapon so, so like just as you the guy was dumb to say in that i pointed the gun and i, I was intentionally gonna shoot him i had a weapon it was fucking loaded i would have shot the kid if he didn't shoot me same thing the kid's thinking but he got his shot out first you know yeah but what I mean, it's so, not his fucking place to be there. It's not so, the other mil- militia guy's place to be there. It's the fucking insurance company's job to pay for the cars that got fucked up. It's the fucking business owner's job to have just, fucking insurance. Let's back up. It's 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 this mayor. It's the mayor, the governor. It's it's the local government. It's their job to take care of this mess. And from the beginning, from what I understand, I watched a documentary on it. They did not handle the situation correctly, and they, 
if this if Rittenhouse gets off, which I think he will, if he does, I think I think he'll get off too. I think um I think what's gonna happen though is that city is gonna be rolled into fifty A years fucking, of bullshit. Yeah. Like broke, go broke, paying lawsuits and because now they're saying that I just don't think it was handled right by law enforcement. The only thing they focused on was the city owned buildings. I saw I watched What the were the riots on. originally for? It was because the cops killed a freaking black guy. In Kenosha? Yes. And Kenosha is very close to Chicago, just so you know. It's right on the it is right on the state line. So it's right it's it's big inner it's not inner city, but it's mm-hmm. it's freaking It's a suburb of it's Chicago. It's a suburb. It's kinda like yeah, it'd be it's probably like the size of freaking Saint Paul, you know, it's a big city. Mm. You know, maybe not that big, but you know it's what I'm saying. Across the state line from Chicago. Right. Yeah. So it, it's an ugly deal and I I Okay, so here's my take here's my takeaway yeah, well, on you it. know what? there's here's gonna my be away. fucking protests when there's fucking Here's shit my takeaway. Like I wish the protests wouldn't have got violent and I wish that the um mili- you know, I wish they would have kept away from there, honestly, for both sides. Yeah. Let the police do their work, let them arrest the people that are doing vandalism and damage. Let it work its cycle. I hate to say it, but let it work its way through. Let the people scream till they're fucking screamed out. And and if you and if you kid cries himself to sleep after a while, (laughs) if you live in that area and say, well, people would say, you know, I know there's probably a lot of people that are pro law enforcement and pro law and order right now, and I am too. But here's the thing: it's different. They would say, Levi, what if that was your town? What if that was your city? Well, it all depends on if it was my fucking house. Then that's where this fucking shit would stop, right at the doorway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean yeah, maybe, but so. Because you mean, have every right under law to protect your own property. I know. Just depends on what you fucking are willing to but, do. You know, but, like hey. But private citizens don't have the authority under law to protect any any public property. We do not have the authority to do it. Yeah, as much as you love, as much as you love your town, and, and especially use deadly force. Yeah, and in a public one, place. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, pretty kind of fucked up, but I think mental health has something to do with it too. Do you did I, did we talk about mental health on the other one? Gun control? Do we ever talk about gun control at all? Not really. Okay, last so last week? No. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay, we didn't. I got. I watched the show. I want to chat about it because, yeah, fuck. We were just saying that that uh, you know even those militia dudes don't think that they were playing with a full deck, you know, and that's when it gets fucked up those guys shouldn't have weapons but we shouldn't we can't say that though either why because you don't want to make laws that's that says well this guy can have a gun and that guy can't because what i'm a vet say right so yeah so what if i get diagnosed with ptsd can't have a weapon anymore correct that is a violation of my constitutional rights yeah right now for sure but this is what i want to talk about so this is uh I watched another program that chatted about gun control, and I recommend people go watch it. It's the show I was going to tell you. Um, it's a new show with John Stewart. Mm, he's got on is it a new Apple episode? TV for episode number four, gun control man. So what they talked about, John Stewart was pretty good. He came out and he talked about how hard it is to decide on who can't have guns, right? Because OJ said he's a good guy, right? You know, so. <laughs> You know, that was his example of OJ saying, Hey, I'm a good guy. Did you know, he say that, he was a good yeah, guy for shit. real? Like, yeah, About he had himself? him on film. Yeah, on film. And so anybody will say that, right? Is his point. Like, you can't, 
They say, good guys with guns, let's arm our teachers, let's arm the bus drivers, let's arm everybody at public places, because good guys with guns kill bad guys with guns. It's like, no, no, this isn't, that isn't how it fucking works. We can't tell who's the good guys and who's the bad guys, really. He said, unless we look at these statistics, he said, and it's on, well, I guess I started it as mental health, but it's on a different note kind of it's on uh, domestic violence so oh, yeah on domestic violence offenders and repeat offenders and so but a lot of them have mental health issues you know yep. too that are they're struggling with and they end up slapping their wives or their kids around or you know uh, just abusing whoever they can even mentally physically and so yeah there's there's he's preached to the blue side originally and you know about the women that are getting battered and he had women on there telling their stories and you know one one woman had 70 or you know she called the police on her husband because he was getting kind of out of order and they had 70 some weapons in the house and they took 73 out of the 74 guns or whatever but he had one in his vehicle that they couldn't take because it wasn't on the in the house and that's what he shot her with six times or whatever so um but had they had domestic violence history and you know the cops should have taken that gun in this scenario so for the blue side they argued that that um 40 or 52 percent of something like that of domestic violence um shootings happen oh shit what was the fucking fact i need to think of this um well, I'll go to the police side first. Is is forty six percent at the or right around there? They said when he's preaching to the red side, he said is forty six percent of police fatalities are on domestic violence calls. Oh yeah, you know because and they don't want to go to him either. So that's one of these things where you can send. They don't want to go to him. where you can send where yeah, you know defund the police, which actually means like put more money into social social programs that might deal with mental health more. What did you think about that? Well, I I thought it was a great. So the show, I thought it was a great thing because he has statistics for both sides saying that, hey, if you took weapons away from these people, you'd save 52% of the shootings in the United States. And then 46% of police fatalities are also caused by domestic violence, Uh, you know. And so if you could take, that's the one demographic in this country that you could take and say that they shouldn't have weapons. He said it's kind of the only one that you can look at and prove that you know this would this would almost reduce our gun violence in the and united states by like 50 percent we have 14 mass shootings a day in the united states you're just talking states. domestic uh violators just, just like domestic like, uh, yeah violence. like these mass shootings and domestic violence and these guys going with weapons like that so you, you know and that, so he's thinking that the only way you could constitutionally even do it by law or you know by following the only, the only people these are the ones we can agree on because nobody can say these are the good guys. These are the bad guys. We can't prove who does more mass shootings than the other, or, or unless who, you who can look, be trusted with a gun. Or who, who can be trusted be with a gun, unless you have a history of violence, and and then, or at least some to some extent, like take their guns for three months, you know, or a month, and get that, you know, that at least gets them out of that scenario, that mindset for a little while, maybe reset, and they don't shoot their wife that night. You know what I mean? smack her around i guess instead you know, that's, but that's 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 so, uh, that's interesting too um one other statistic that so i'd really like to see 
Because, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I think there's got to be some sort of gun control in the United States, but it's 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 a hot topic for it's not everybody. Only hot, it's very complicated. Yeah, but if we ever wanted to slow down the amount of mass shootings, which maybe, maybe we don't seem to really fucking care about that much unless it hits you like your family. I feel like most people just, <laughs> I just brush think, it off I just and say, who gives fucking, a shit? I just think back. It's kind of crazy. I just but. think back and watching the fucking wild west movies yeah you know where everybody fucking dies everybody <laughs> shoot out and there's like doc, he's a doc hollywood <laughs> there's only just like one the dentist left for everybody's wives you yeah. know well, all the widows the american, now i hate to say it but that's kind of how the american way but it shouldn't be that way so oh that's was so, so i mean one, but it's not quite the so we have we've progressed out of the wild wild west so one thing gun control. i want to throw in there is one thing i want to throw in there is so it's i just want to comparatively I, I, me and you are by no means legal experts, okay? But through our conversations, we learn a little bit here and there. Sure, know? sure. So we're kind of experts. <laughs> so so I'm going to say, you know, there was a certain family member of mine. I'll just say, I'll, I won't even call it a family. I just, I know a person that I tried to get quit drinking, and they were literally killing themselves. Yeah. Right? I went to every social services. I went to this th- government. I went to the sheriff. There, there was literally Try to find help anywhere, and nobody could do anything legally because they didn't want to violate civil liberties, you know, and constitutional rights. So my thing is like, if we're not willing to write in some laws for people, it's a really tough deal. Yeah, to step on your rights, but you lose your rights if you're a felon to guns. You lose your rights to drive if you drink and drive. People say that too. When I, I talked to somebody else uh, last week, and I, I mentioned this, uh, you know, domestic violence thing, and they said, "Well, they'll fucking get a gun anyway," well, and one, you know. One, and, and I one, said, "Well, they might, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't put something in place so that they get in more trouble." Well, another if thing, if they too, do might... go find a gun after their weapons have been taken, well, because yeah, sure, you can get your license revoked and go steal, find a car to drive, but you know that if you get caught, you're going. For way more time, you it's, know? It's kind of like, you know me, uh, you know me, like I I always like to say the what what about alcohol thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here going, let's look at these statistics. Did he happen to mention these gun violence how much statistics? How much, not just alcohol, but I'm just talking like substance substances. Substances, yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Sh- was that I'm, a factor in the I statistics? I don't know. But I bet you it probably was. Yeah, I'm sure know? they've looked at that too. How many, uh, you know? shootings but then yeah you got substances you might be prescribed some of them and abusing them a little bit or mm-hmm. you know so it might not just be smoking and cooking meth you know it, might, it could be freaking uh, might what's a painkiller like uh, oxycontin, oxycontin yeah. whatever you know absolutely could have been out of oxycontin and every time he gets out of oxycontin he gets really ornery and slaps me around you know fucking eats him a little too fast and always has three days before his new prescription and people yeah trickle, i mean it could know. be all sorts of things but yeah that that's just the one that he found in it i mean i thought that seemed to make sense to me hey well you can look at these and you so, know somebody you know, calls and says hey i don't trust this person with a gun they've threatened me and said they'll fucking shoot me uh blah 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 and yeah they go take their guns or don't take their guns and then the fucker gets shot him for a, a misdemeanor you know? i had a friend who was uh i had a friend from this town who was yeah Who's at a shit? I don't even know if I, yeah, I'll fucking say it, but the no names, but um, some family, a cousin of his out in North Dakota that 
was like domestic violence victim and had a little daughter with this guy and um anyway there have been previous cases and it could have been prevented it should have been prevented but it wasn't and she came home one night and he was all in a dizzy and probably yeah drugs and alcohol involved and depression or who knows what you know but she called the cops and they just didn't get there fast enough she was uh tried to walk out of the house with the and the kid and he shot her in the back and he fucking shot himself and thought that the you know he must have assumed that he shot killed both the mom and the child because he killed himself and then when the cops got there there's just a kid walking around the yard fuck it it takes you gotta be so mentally fucked up to do some shit like that yeah well shouldn't have a fucking firearm you know well and okay so i'm gonna i'm just gonna but then what? You get a baseball bat? Right. Or you fucking hit her with yeah, your car? Good or, point, Brats. You know? I, I mean, you know. Anything I, can be turned but it into does a... Make, but it does make it easier, for yeah. sure. So, you know, that was one thing I thought about even today, right? So I was I was at a gun store. In I my guess... Tra- I was traveling today. I'm a lot less scared of a knife than a gun, so, you yeah. know. I was traveling. I don't. I don't want to get cut though. That I'd honestly rather get shot in the kneecaps than get cut. Fuck, man! I'll stop you before you cut me. You can, but you can shoot me from you way the fuck, fuck over a, there. You ever fuck with a guy that knows what he's doing with a knife? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but man, I was in the Marine Corps. There's some Jackie Chan motherfuckers running around. There's an old movie called like The Hunted with Benicio del Toro and Tommy Lee Jones back in the day, and he's just an old military guy in the jungle in Portland, and he like chips knives out of a rock and. <laughs> Oh, dude, they're like, cha-cha-cha, cha-cha-cha, and he's got, like, six tendons cut, and, you know, I don't even know Just what one happened. One second. Or yeah, <laughs> fuck, I mean, I know so, it's a movie, but. So here's, here's my I'd thing. i fuck is like, with you. You don't fucking got knife skills. I watched you fucking cut your finger trying to chop fucking carrots one night. So, so you know, one thing that I wish some of these, you know, like, some of these, a lot of America, or, you know, half America, whatever, you know, some people look at, okay, so we, we call um ARs, we call them black guns, or you, sometimes we call them uh I don't know. We have a stupid, sarcastic nickname. What, the military? Well, no, just even a couple of my buddies. I mean, we have stupid nicknames for them because everybody thinks they're so fucking crazy and dangerous, you know. But mm-hmm. So I was at the gun store today, and I was actually looking for something else other than guns, but I happened to walk by the gun racks at the at the gun shop down in Bemidji. I was down there, and mm-hmm. um, I wasn't even – I'm not even gun shopping, but I, I ended up looking at a few guns, and so they had just a fucking huge pile of AR-style, you know, guns yeah. in there or whatever. They make almost any style gun yeah, that look so like an AR now. Yeah, Every so you shotgun. Can, you, can, you can get 177 pellet guns. <laughs> For matter, real. You know? So anyway, so anyway, so I at, on the very end, I see this this really nice looking rifle. You know, it's it's a, it was a Browning, PAR, Browning automatic rifle, right? It looked like a hunting rifle. Browning bar. It was probably that's what I. It shoot. was probably the most hunting looking gun in that gun shop, right? Like the square, but honest like to God, the square end. Yeah, but yeah, on the on the back, right? Yeah, that's what I but shoot. Honest Browning to God, bar two forty three. Honest to God, I don't know if anybody you know you got a lot of young bucks that come in there or whatever, people that don't know their weapons well. That was probably the most dangerous weapon on that gun rack. It was a three oh eight Browning automatic rifle. You know, as a three oh eight, that's a big chunk of lead going down range. Yeah. You know, so, but it just looked like something your grandpa would use, right? Yeah, it looks, I bet if I took mine out, my fucking pickup, it would look. Yeah, it's, but it's a, it's a BAR. They used yeah. BARs in World War II. Uh, you know that, right? I don't know. I always called it a Browning they bar. Called it a, bar. They called them a bar. BAR. Yeah, yeah, the bar. That, that was Browning the Browning bar. automatic rifle in World War II. Tell you what, man. I, 
I can shoot one of them fucking pretty damn quick when that deer's running across the field. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah, and I, and pop. I just I just thought, you know, oh, I, think damn of it. The, I think of these things in my head, right? And I'm looking at all these ARs and I... Well, to you, you're like, yeah. I mean, they can't hit shit with an AR, but if you like, you can shoot a rifle and probably with a bolt faster than yeah. most people would be accurate with an AR. I don't know. Well, is I got, that what you're trying to get at? Is no, like that? no, what I'm getting at, I guess, is... I just thought in my head, I just kind of turned around and thought, yeah, fuck, most dangerous gun on this rack probably never gets looked at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, actually a military-used <laughs> yeah. weapon. And- you know, the, 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 the BAR, the Browning Automatic Rifle, has probably killed more enemy soldiers for this country than any other weapon in the history of this country. Oh, really? I didn't well, know probably, that. Well, probably, you know, because that's what we used to fight the Germans in, in World War II. And, no idea. I got yeah, it and, from and, my dad when I was 13. You actually you got a rifle from your dad? A hand, or hand down? Yeah, actually, maybe 15. I had to use a shotgun for a couple of years. Then he let me use sit with his gun God. one time, and then he never got it back. Now I'm 34. I think back of the shit my dad had me do when I first started hunting. I got a quick little story. Yeah. Maybe I've told this before. I don't know. Tell me if I've... Just mm-hmm. tell me, okay? I don't think so. Let's hear so, it. So the first time I ever... I was like 13 or 12, right? Wait, is this when he, he ditched you? No, 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 no. No, we were sitting in the stand back then. It was you. Were, you had a Cadillac stand. If you just had a piece of carpet around you, you know, like a we called them a box stand. Yeah, it was just no roof on it or nothing. It was just a, a surround box. Yeah, yeah. A surround around you, right? So he's like, "Well, let's see if you can shoot this fucking thing." Of course, you know, being the Polacks, we are. We didn't even shoot it before we left the cabin. You know, let's, yeah, just, let's right. just try, try this. Fucker Should out be good to go. <laughs> yeah. So it was he, good last this, year. So he has me load that thing up in the deer stand. It was a twenty gauge with slugs. He's like, okay, see if you can hit that tree. Oh, there's no (laughs) sights on it or nothing, yeah. Yeah, so here I am. I'm like, even as a kid, I was like, but what's this going to prove? Like, Just, dude, I have the exact (laughs) same, what did you say yours was a 12-gauge? It's a 20-gauge with slugs. Oh, I shot a 12-gauge. No, I shot my dad's 16-gauge, I believe. Yeah, I'm just thinking, what's this going to do? You know, like, you're going to have me shoot a tree? Yeah. Okay, now you're good. So I shot the tree, and you could see, like, the wood splinters fly or whatever. (laughs) And then he's like, okay, you should be good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, mine was shoot that no hunting or trespassing sign on that tree over there. And I was had to be 13 years old, and that shotgun that I couldn't hardly hold up straight, you know. What did you think back when you were a kid? Man, I didn't know fucking hammered it slug at this thing and i didn't have that thing seated on my shoulder right i had it more on my bicep and whatever and not the biggest i mean you learned that pretty i think i shot it twice and i was like trying not to cry in front of my dad and uncles because i had a big purple and yellow bruise you know because your dad dad will tell you you know that's almost one of them things one of those things he almost wanted me to just feel what it well because you don't listen right as a kid especially a little boy you're like yeah, fuck you. you I'm know. good. Yeah, you know, whatever. Boom. And the oh. shoulder just impacts Ooh. back. Yeah, they, he was probably giggling. You know, shoot it again. I, one more. Try one more, he said. Yeah. I fuck. did the same shit, man. I didn't Boom. hold it tight. I don't want to. I don't want to hunt. Well, it's like hitting your shoulder so with then a sledgehammer. I think maybe that's why, how I got his 243, because that thing, you don't even feel it when it shoots. And oh, he was probably are, like, all right, you can sit with this next year. Those are a nice shooting and then gun, he, aren't they? Yeah, he was good. Then he'd take the shotgun for like two years, I remember, and sit. like in He the, took it? Yeah, because we didn't have another rifle. He thought he was just borrowing me his rifle, but I didn't give it back. So he had to keep I sat where I could shoot a long ways. Oof, excuse me. And uh, <laughs> he would sit, like, in the woods where he couldn't, you know, stand in the yeah, woods where there's a lot of brush and brush stuff gun. like that. Oh, I better go in this stand. You know, I'll take the shotgun. I'm like, oh, yes, thanks. 
But yeah, never never gave it back. Then a couple years later, he bought himself a new rifle. So yeah, that was. So good. now you've got the. Uh, now I got the Browning Bar. It that whacked, is a. It whacked you one. said that's a two forty three. Two forty three. Yeah. You whacked one this this year. Oh yeah, I think it weighed like it was pretty funny. My buddies both got bucks also, um, and so they were loading theirs back up in the truck to head back to the cities to Minneapolis St. Paul area. And one guy's undoing the rope, and I was kind of cleaning up camp, and the other guy's trying to swing this deer in the truck, and I watched him struggling with it. and So whatever, I kind of giggled they did there too. And then I backed the ranger up to mine and was going to load it in there and, uh, you know, had to kind of swing it over and get it in the box. And I just undid the rope and grabbed the thing and picked it up and <laughs> carried it <laughs> over there. I hollered at my buddies. I said, hey, look at this. I'm like, jeez. Yeah, you got her Christ. dialed in, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got to shoot fawns like you. <laughs> I shot about, I don't know, if that thing weighed 70 pounds or what. Well. A little fawn. That, that, to me, that shows. Uh, but I should, I'd say does. Eight-pointers are up or, or a doe. And, the, shit, I passed up a few deer, and I saw a little eight-pointer, and I saw Yeah, I've seen a few bucks. I was, on the, that, but, I was on the run pretty good for one there. And I was lucky. I shot, I mean, I shot this thing, uh. And I still hunted for two days after that, and I didn't see a deer after that. Did you sit outside? No. Heated stand? Yeah, we okay. got, like, wood stoves and, and stands. Wood yeah. stoves? Yeah. Oh, no shit. On three of them, then a propane burner in one, and then a little buddy heater in one, yeah. Do you still like, so do you enjoy deer season with your friends and family like that? Yeah, I I'm, I like that more than the killing. I don't even know. I, I'll maybe shoot a big pig buck one day again or something, but well, I don't love deer meat. I mean, I'll eat it. It's all right. I, can, but I don't love it. It's a filler for yeah. some people. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, ingrained in people up here because uh, eighty years ago, that's what they. That's what they ate. That's what they ate, and so it's still trickling out. But that's the what deer hunters are trying to keep their numbers up, and it, it's actually kind of crazy. My cousin flies airplanes a little bit and flew in here, and he's like, "This is nuts." He goes, "It's stupid. There's not one mile." of land that doesn't have some orange see. on it he goes it's you guys are just raping the deer out of here every year i'm like yeah you know what i didn't think of that but here and then we got neighbors they got neighbors there's not any land up here that's hardly not hunted unless it's just a big open farmland or it's in the big forest yeah there's not a lot of hunters up in the in the state forest anymore the whole uh you know the the whole state land well, they switched it many years ago that they can't have permanent cabins up and food there. And plots anymore. And, yeah, you can't leave your stands. And you, if you pull a camper, it can only be there for nine days or 11 days or something. I don't know exactly. So Maybe the, a in, couple in weeks. And the deer but. habitat up there has been pretty hit and miss. I know, you know, believe it or not, there's some moose hanging around up there. So what I, 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 I've been getting reports. Dude, I heard a guy, too. He came up from uh, Woodbury last week or a couple weeks ago. And maybe more than that, three, four weeks ago, did some here? fishing and grouse hunting in the out in Beltrami and ran into a moose grouse hunting yeah, out in the middle that's, of the woods, that's a awesome. big mole. For those like, you, holy for shit, that I said, from, I, for people that aren't from around here, we moose are actually native to this area. Moose, caribou. And, and what happened was, um, we're going to get a little, some wildlife biology Let's do here. some wildlife. Is this that now Native American coming out of you? <laughs> uh-huh. So moose were like a... a, a, a my people lived on them for... Well, I don't think they did. They were on Lake of the Woods. Oh, yeah, the fish. Fish. They were fish. fishers. Fisher people. Fisher, um, <laughs> fisher people. Fisher people. So, <laughs> so um, anyway, um, so 
the moose, the meese were <laughs> mooses. more native to this area. And what happens is when the egg land develops, whitetails migrate more towards man-made egg land is what, what happens. I read a book on it. Um, there used to be no whitetails north of the Iowa-Minnesota state line 120, 30 years ago. And as ag land developed, the, the deer, white-tailed deer kind of followed suit. And they, they, cause they do feed off of man-made, you know, nature, right? Yeah. I call it man-made nature, soybeans, crop, row yeah, crops, crops, corn. They feed off, they can live into the woods They can also, live in the woods too. They you're eat saying less populated. They eat brush and stuff yeah. in the winter, but, um, but now the the deer do not have much of a habitat up in the you know up in the in the it's a lot of con- coniferous trees up there. Yeah, it's just been the, clean cut and replanted. Yep, it's all pines, swamps, and pines, and it's pretty tough terrain, really. Yeah, you could get lost out there and never so come. back. You're saying it's more moose friendly. It is because uh, what happens is the deer actually carry a parasite on their fur to actually rid rid other uh, hoof bears. Yeah, no shit. And what it does is it gets into the into the mouse's. Mooses. The mooses, the moose hair, and it transfers into their ears, and it actually gets into their brain, and that's what they call brain worm, and then that's what killed our moose off 25 years ago here. They used to have a season 30 years ago and up in Roosevelt. Not even 30, really? Yeah, probably 25, 30 years ago, they had a season here. When I was a kid, they had moose season. No shit. And yeah, so... The- now they do only... In like northeast Minnesota, maybe so, but a couple crazy, little sections. What's but. really crazy about that is if you think about it, I mean, to me, this is, I'm intrigued by this. So actually the DNR, so this is what makes me think that the yeah. state and the government doesn't always know what they're doing, right? So we, we, we essentially migrate or these deer ever up. know what they're doing. Right. So we, we essentially migrate these, these animals up here yeah. inadvertently, you know, not on purpose. And we're like, we got moose, we got deer, we got, that, you know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, where's all the fucking moose? You know? So <laughs> they then they're like, away. oh my God, we need to look into this. So like, I'm kind of fascinated that even though we think we know everything a lot of times, nature has its own way Dude, of. Dude, nobody of, should really feel like that. We're pretty fucking basic animals still. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't think many people know hardly fuck all besides how to drive their car bitch a little Put bit gas and, in. yeah like for real and go home and you know yeah pay some bills sometimes up so, here so and don't think more than that hardly so, yeah, it's pretty so, basic I, i'm not but saying hey, i'm gonna say i want to say this too i've heard farmers bitching about you know uh not being able to drain like a swamp or something right what's mm-hmm. there's laws now that you can't well drain the, some yeah. lowlands or this and that because it I think they call that's it the prob- highly erodible land uh, act. Okay, it's uh, it's, it's um, essentially you can improve existing drainage structure, but you can't fill in. You can't fill in like cattail swamp or a pond. You but you can drain it. it. You can you can improve existing drainage, which there's always a so way. So you can't drain that swamp out in the middle of your field, um, type of thing essentially no but at but one do. but at one point in time if you if you look at the geology of the land it, if you improve your existing drainage structures at one point in time all that water was gone at one point in time so i guess what i'm saying is you got to in order to do that you ha- there's a way around that essentially yeah well i mean I, I just wanted to say that i've heard farmers bitching about that and i, I just think fuck your farmland you you know like 
I wish there would be a few more trees, tree rolls in between it, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, there needs because to be. Because I think there needs that there be... needs to be a little buffer here and there instead of like a four or six or ten mile straight shot of just well, farmland. I'll tell you, there needs to be some more incentive from the government for that. I'm going to give you a good example could, here of one situation that I'm well, in. this is my incentive is that the moose would still be here because there would be more marshes. There would be more swamps. The deer wouldn't be here. I mean, e- no, I think I, even I, if I you understand. just, you even if you farmed around, you know what I mean? That's like, what they do in Saskatchewan. They instead of had to go in every straight line and take every tree off and drain every pond, like, hey, don't you value? I mean, they don't. I mean, obviously they don't because they cut the trees and well, drain I those value swamps, wild, I value wildlife do. and I cut trees and I drain, put drainage in my fields and I value wildlife pretty deeply and f- to the f- point where I don't even, I, I mean... I, 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 my mentality isn't cut, slash, and burn. Sometimes I feel like we're actually improving. Yeah, but it's a, a capitalist society. So if you got a 20-acre strip that's on the edge of your woods, I mean, you just do the math on what you can make in 20 acres over 40 years of farming it. And you're like, oh, take yeah, that shit add out. It, add it up. Take that shit out. That's so, going to so, be this much my, money. Here's, here's an example. Um, back into maybe this isn't so much politics. Maybe it is, but it's more policy. Um I got a call the other day regarding uh, some buffer strips that I'm supposed to have, you know, because that buffer mandate. Yep. Well, I still haven't installed them yet. Um, that is something that went through that if you're... Well, yeah, for sure. Um, I w- I w- actually, I wanted to do some improvements to the buffer strip itself. Um, Before was, you plan well, it. Because it was rough and it was really shitty. I want to be able to mow it, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at that point, it was like there was a berm. Like somebody had cleaned out the ditch. And left a bunch of, of shit there, you know, like like a berm almost. You yeah. Know? So I wanted to improve it a little bit, and you know, so what I one th- I shouldn't even tell on here my antics that I was up to, but I had this idea. I didn't really follow through with it, but I did have an idea to where I'm like, because I'm all for a buffer strip, right? Yeah. Like I'm I'm like which yeah. is supposed to just be a few tree rows that not even that it's just, all it is is a grass strip like a oh, perennial really? grass. Just that something you, that you can't work up. You don't even have to mow it. Yeah, you just you could you could just leave it if you wanted to. Fifteen feet on certain field boundaries that, run, this, that this, run into yeah, directly and I into this, rivers or this something. It's kind of dry for people that don't care about ag or farming or land or anything like that. But I will say, so but people that care about you know, okay, so you get a letter that says, well, you got to have these buffer zones. You're going to be subject to fines, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So what I what I thought was, I should just give that buffer zone to the county then they can pay taxes on it and they can maintain it the way they fucking want right <laughs> but then wouldn't you need would you need another buffer zone we're like no because no? The, because the law states you know the, the policy it's not law the policy so if it's not farm part of your farmland why don't you sell it to me for a dollar i, I would you know? but then it's your responsibility to maintain that buffer zone though no it's yours that's exactly what the county <laughs> said when I went and talked to them, right? Oh, you already did. Because what I did, well, you, I, we'll I just buy did, it, but just, you mow it. I just did it to see what they'd say, right? Yeah. I shouldn't even throw anybody under the bus here, but yeah. I'm going to. Because this is just all open stuff anyway, yeah. right? So so I had this idea. Yeah, I went in and I said, I'd like to give my buffer zone to the county. Mm-hmm. Well, they came back. I'm not going to say any names or anything yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, but they just they, said, you're just trying to no, get us to maintain it. No, no. So, 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 what, so what they said was, well, then we would have to deal with it. I said, my fucking point exactly. Yeah. Right. I said, why doesn't the governor, when he made this mandate, appropriate every buffer funds, so, some get some taxpayer support for this thing, right? And make it a decent program. Don't just fucking take land from people and tell them what they're going to do with it. 
right? No. You got to tell them. They got to have a buffer strip. But it's not, it's not my it's not my responsibility I, okay. to I'm, I'm gonna because give you, you I'm going to give you an example. I don't come into your yard. So I'm going to say this: it should have been said a long time ago that it could never have been farmed. Well, it wouldn't make a difference to you. You're still saying you're not making money on it, right? Or what? You want to figure out how you can get paid for your land because it is your property, but they're not going to let you. Here's farm the thing: it. I think the I think the policy, the way that it was done, it was pushed through as a executive order by a governor mm-hmm. not this governor but the one before yep. i think the way that you should pass laws he went around every fucking thing he could do so the way that it should have worked yeah, because farmers would not agree to it right nobody would agree to it all you all you'd have to do is say hey because they want to all, make the money all they would have had to do is say hey we're going to claim imminent domain on this so you don't have to pay taxes on it anymore and they could have taken it and then they can fuck with it and just that's all they got to do that's all they'd have to do: claim but, imminent domain, yeah, but widen pe- the right of ways. But, but people won't let don't let that happen either. I would they'd tell them go ahead and right have and, at it. I, right fight, now, yeah, but you'd have to convince your farmers that that's a better thing because most people don't think like you. They think, "Fuck, I'm not giving up my land. I'm farming well, it. I'm not putting in a buffer strip or giving it up." I don't want to give up my land, but I also Fuck don't yourself. want anything to do with their policy. So I'd like to just walk away from it because I don't agree with it. You know, if they so. What I'd really like to do, what I would really like to do is plant yeah. trees on that buffer strip. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah, I thought you can. I thought there's lots of them that have pine trees planted. Well, rows and you're, you're, you're talking about windbreaks. No, wind I've seen them along like the edge Road of the waterways. But the problem with that is you, then you get snow pile up, and then come June 1st, you still got snow drifts that are six feet high on the edge of your Not field. Not necessarily road ditches, but like even just Which, open fields. Just like, property lines and yeah. stuff. Along the river, along a creek that goes to the river, you know, where it used to be just slough grass and unfarmable or whatever, right? But, but and that thing, thing runs to a ditch and then runs to the river. Here, here, but okay, but so now they've planted trees. Like So so one thing that, that the governor and one thing that, okay, so this might open people's eyes a little bit, right? So you don't see me coming into a yard down in Mid-St. Paul, right? Into somebody's yard and fucking watching how much fertilizer, whatever they put oh, on their for yard. For sure, there's all right? sorts of ordinances. So you, you don't you don't see me going in and saying, okay, I'm gonna I I every, so you know how every they have sidewalks down there, right? Sure. In between the sidewalk, you've always got a strip of grass. Boulevard, yeah. Let's not mow them anymore. We need to have that vegetation there to catch all the shit and trash and the because that, that's what the buffer zone's for. Yeah, that would be fine. Would they Would they bite off on that? Would they all sign off on that? I mean, I don't think that there's as many issues of. I mean, if is it all for runoff for chemical it's for runoff? runoff? It's for runoff for nitrates. I don't is what think it is. that you have that. I mean, they should have something that keeps the salt. And they don't. That goes out the drain into the fucking river. They don't from the streets, but but that's they're not part of being in a public. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah, you're on private property. But, but I mean, but, but, I get it's your I, land, but I don't think it's that scenario like translates exactly because yeah. You're not having like homeowners that are just putting so much nitrogen on their think, fucking lawn. But you, but you do understand the principle that I'm getting at, though. Not fully, because you can't take somebody else's property and tell them what to do with it. I think, because they, in, in I a think way, people do all over the place. There's developments that have contracts and rules and cities but I didn't that have sign a contract or, cities that, that have ordinances and states that have rules. But when, and this is a new state rule. But It might be just, even in our little town, if you don't cut your grass here... Or you do leave shit in your yard, you can get a fine. Yes, for I not, get that. For not making it presentable, and other people don't like it. If you even choose- even if it's your property, if enough of other people aren't happy with how your property looks, the town will give you a fine. And so, 
I mean, you can say that's totally unfair too, but you're like, hey, everybody else is doing the right thing. Fuck. But then you, but then you, you do, but you then, okay, so let me ask you this. Your shit. You get into a um, situation where I'll argue this all day long because I'll argue it all day long just because, and I, I'll, I'll get off the subject here in a minute, but I'm just going to say with that buffer zone, there, you know, there's lost income off of it. Now people say, well, on a, say you got a quarter of land, which is 160 acres. Yeah. You're only looking at a quarter length is only one acre, right? Mm-hmm. It's one acre. So I know it's roughly like, uh, let's see, you know, it's, that's, that's roughly, you know, let's just say it's $500 a year that you lose on one, on one. So for me, I'll lose two acres a year. I lose two acres a year. So, yeah. you know, over 40 years. Over 40 years, um, you know, times, let's just do the average. Yeah, make it like. So 960 times 40. So it's about $38,000, you know, over 40 years. Yeah. Now, I, that's not the money part that, that I'm hung up on, though. It's not really the money so part. This this is the other question. Thirty eight grand out of your pocket, but. Maybe not exactly in your scenario, but there's farmers all over there. No, this this that is are, hey, just, just, just. A, I want to do a waiver here. That's, okay, that's gorilla math. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. A random, yeah, yeah. I just, hear you. It could be twenty grand. It could be fifteen. It could be. Let's just but use what, that for. A what are the? Uh, what's the cost of if they aren't put in? You know, the, right? Because your inputs aren't getting put in there, right? Your fertilizer, your well, your that seed. too. But I mean, to to humanity that you're. You know what I mean? I don't that think your it, chemicals are running down. I don't think it makes it. And that, I don't uh, think it does one thing. Iota. I don't think it helps at all. Yeah, but you said there's there's farmers that have like their water monitor systems because they know that their water's fucked up the system when they've right pumped out too many chemicals or let it run off. Yeah, so they so test we it because about this last year because um, there are it takes then it takes water treatment facilities and if it goes into certain watershed then it so takes that, a dnr that, getting so funded to so figure out why fish aren't living so in there right so you, so so you know that 38 grand these are the conversations that we should have had with the governor and the lawmakers in the state when this came up let's give them an incentive let's give them an incentive to put these monitoring stations in let's see how much nitrates we're really leaching instead know, of taking one test from down in the uh, southern border you know, I mean, I don't know where they took tests. I'm just they saying take them that all down in big corn country where they put on 200 units of nitrogen every year. Well, it sucks that our state isn't split in half then, and you can't have the north half, and well, they have the south half. That's not what I want. You I know just what I mean? want people to open but their eyes to how our but, laws are made. But there's lots of other ways because they could, if he didn't do it, they could, you know, you could end up arguing it, it uh, in St. Paul for the next 25 years, potentially. So he's just going, hey, you know what? We've seen enough to know that this isn't quite right. Well, I, There's way too many hoops to jump through to get this to go through legally. But the science is there. This is there. The legal system isn't fucking allowing it. And, and we've known that since that the wasn't 80s. wasn't even how we unleashed the, the, uh, the rule. Yeah, no, but you got to kind of know. You know where I mean, even it? if he doesn't say that, you have to understand that. That like, hey, we haven't done quite... <laughs> The fucking best farming practices since we began farming. Well, we keep getting better and I better. I think farmers are the best stewards of the land. No, they fucking. I mean, I think farmers to, are the best stewards of the land. You have to think that, but uh, maybe you. But there's farmers that are there for fucking money, and they don't give a fuck I, about I'm the not watershed. Here for money. I'm, I mean, about the watershed. So there's, uh, you know, farmers. I'm gonna correct cause you on the that. Dust bowl. I'm gonna correct you, know? you on that. Farmers nowadays, and that back even 30 years ago, 
and I don't, and I'm they've not had spe- to realize that I'm they not, better take better I'm care not of the land, on right? Behalf of all farmers, but I'm going to say this is pretty much any farmer I know, whether they're from this area or anywhere else, especially in the in the northern Midwest. Most farms are family farms, and most farms have generations following them. We have to make our farmland sustainable for f- generations to come. You know, it's on our backs. Yeah, but you're still you're still in it where, yeah, I mean, where you still have some of the natural shit in there from the first time that the soil was broken. I mean, most of the dirt's still black, so well, I mean, you have to okay, keep so that's, adding shit or putting it in CRP and that's, but, not raping but the fields. Ways, and so there's we're getting innovative. We're getting we're getting you're, innovative. You're getting more innovative and learning better practices, but. For sure, pesticides and chemicals have been overused well, in the they, past and ra- run off into streams. So they're finally saying, hey, 2020, we have to know that we can't fucking allow this shit to go anymore. And it's going to cost a little cost up front. I, I was more on the thing of, like, planting the trees. I thought that was a thing. But even if you just have to leave grass, at least you don't have the input of planting fucking trees. Well, and just one other, one other, I guess, okay, I'm going to get straight to the point of, of why... I see this as controversial. I when I see how money is appropriated in a state, you know, th- there. I mean, there's laws. They've they've appropriated in the millions of dollars for say like um, cleaning up a big city down in the Twin Cities, right? They've appropriated a ton of that money for that, but they didn't appropriate zero money for buffer zones in the whole state, you know. The water quality in this state should be number one priority, not how the some, you know, it was after a protest. They appropriated like $8 million for cleanup in mm-hmm. in one of these suburbs or whatever. And I'm not going to get into specifics, but I'm saying is they that's the whole purpose of running stuff through the legislative gamut is to appropriate money in, in the best of the public interest, right? So, Everybody needs to be on board with it, you know? So they, and I think they it would, wouldn't be a hard time. They, the, the, the problem I see is... It shouldn't be a hard time to get people on board. I mean, I think they'd agree that, uh, yeah, I mean, in that example that, yeah, water quality is should be number one, but in, you know, there's more people to take care of down there probably at that moment when they can go, hey, you know what, farmers are pretty fucking self-sustaining. They confront the cost of this. There's 22,000 farmers that are going to need money, or there's yet we're the only 800,000 people down here that need their fucking yet, city cleaned up. Yet we're the only ones in the whole food chain that get told what they're going to pay for our goods. From there on out, they tell people what they're going to pay for their goods. Say what? Say that again. So we're the only farmer fa- production farmers are the only people in the whole food chain that get told what they're going to get paid when they sell their crop. Yeah. The rest, all the rest. The first ones. Tell people they can bump what it up whatever pay. they want. Exactly. So, so you're in the wrong step in the supply chain. You should be a restaurant the only, owner. You're the, saying. Yeah. The only problem is, is if what? you enjoy it, you're stuck. Well, you know. Yeah, it's the same way, man. Uh, you sell it first, you make less. You're selling a commodity, it, but I shouldn't say that. Oil companies. You are sell the same. a lot more of it for a lesser price. I shouldn't say that. So you know, you take an oil lease, for example, out in North Dakota. There, there's a guy. Are there any left? There's a guy that. There's a guy, just a random guy, right? We're kind of going off on a tangent here, but there's a there's a guy out there that 
There's landowners out there that own mineral rights, right? Yep. They get told what they're getting paid per barrel of oil, just like a yeah, farmer. Well, they don't have to take it out of the ground. No, but right, they don't have any overhead at all. Yeah, they don't have to. They so they don't have to do it if they don't only, want. They may. They own, can pull it out if they want to get it for that price. So it's otherwise they can go fucking work at Walmart. Right. So essentially, they're right. farming oil, you know. Yeah. But they don't have to do shit. They're renting their land essentially too. Yeah. You know, they're getting paid per barrel, or maybe they got they, they maybe the mineral rights got bought. Yeah. All all together, you know. I mean, I guess, so I take that back. Farmers aren't the only ones that get told because crude oil is a, a market commodity as well yeah there's markets for kind of everything you might not always be happy with how your prices are set but it's your fucking market you can mark your shit up higher if you want you can sell it for whatever the fuck you want to price it at you can say mine is fucking i touched it all so it's worth more yeah, and, and you, you know and you to be honest with you what i've learned about farming is it you know i haven't been in it real long and like some of these guys around here been my grains way cleaner you get more better price then or what? Fuck no. <laughs> they deduct you no matter what. Hey, it's 0.8 every fucking time. They dock you every time. <laughs> yeah, dude, <laughs> I clear that through the fucking cleaner four times. Nope. Yeah. Four and eight. Yeah, 0.8, man, because they don't know what's in that shit. <laughs> 0.8 out of one or what? They're saying, no, or how's it's, it go? It's, it's out of, it's out of 0.8% dockage. You oh. know? So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not saying that sometimes you get a dirty sample, like you'll fuck the combine up or something or whatever, you know, and you get some dirty crop, but you know, they, they sample every time you bring a load of grain and they're, they're pulling samples yep. and they're checking moisture and all that stuff. So, but yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying poor boo me farmer, you know, whatever. Sounds like it. No, I'm not. Cause here's the thing. There's, we got a lot of <laughs> listeners, you know, farmers get subsidized and stuff and you know, it, it's, it's a battle. I've been told by a big farmer that farmers can't lose money if they fill out the paperwork. You do you have know? to take the appropriate steps. And here's the thing. If you, I, I, I can't talk like I'm an experienced, you know, farmer because... 50-year farmer right, whose grandpa taught you. And, I yeah. just started. I've been around farming my whole life, you know, essentially from the beginning, but I haven't been operating a farm on my own at any scale here for more than probably three or four years, actually. Yeah. You know, I just kind of got going, but um, it's kind. I'm in a rare situation, and just like you with your business, too, you know, you don't know where this is going to go. You just started yours two, three years ago. I don't want to know ago. where it's going to go. I think it's going to go really good for you. Well, I mean, I looks. get that, too, but you want to know what? I get, like, uh, I get fucking, uh, like, depressed when I can see my future path, you know, Why? like, laid out. I don't really want to know, or I'd go work, like, a 15-hour dollar an hour job you know and be like Dude, i know i'm gonna make this much this let me week, ask you this in Rosa, this who the hell's this paying, week 15 15 dollars an hour i just I looked know, at nobody. an ad in the paper dude it was like starting out 19 dollars an hour oh, no, 13 at subway oh, i guess Saw a guy could go there sticker go on there? the window there and i went 13 is this even legal anymore <laughs> isn't it fifth then they pass a 15 dollar yeah, minimum how are you or getting what? help that okay, so that's their problem. Is they just lost their in here? They lost their manager and one of their workers, and now they're fucking got to sign up for I mean, thirteen gotta, bucks an hour. You gotta pay your people. It's like and no manager. So you're like, what? I, I would never. So I, I that's the issue I have with everybody saying, well, there's all sorts of different reasons that people aren't back at work, not just that they're getting extra money on their checks but uh, maybe they thought about their work and they didn't like it as much and they got some time to take a break and said hey i'm gonna rethink my career a lot of people did that or and this it's good. or that or it wasn't worth the money i'm gonna go get uh, more educated but i would not my thing is no i wouldn't go back for fucking 15 dollars 13 dollars an hour would you i mean i 
I'd like try to start my own business somehow or fuck do speaking anything. Of money, okay, do so anything. But speaking yeah, of money, I pay saw, him a little more. So the other night I was talking to, to Reese and I was like, God, you know what? So when I was in the Marine Corps, I signed up for the GI Bill, right? That shit ain't free. So my first year in the Marine Corps, I opted to pay for the GI Bill because I'm like, they're like, what is that? It's uh, you get uh, money for college, right? Okay. So they're like, okay, so um, you know, who wants the GI Bill or whatever? They're, you know, but they say it a lot meaner. Okay. You're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, me. This recruit wants the GI Bill. So, anyways, <laughs> um, so I signed up for the GI Bill my first year in the Marine Corps. After I got out of boot camp, I signed up. And for so your first year, I I did the booster. They called they called it the booster. I think it was a hundred and twenty dollars a month I paid mm-hmm. for a full year, and that was a lot because I was only making about, I was I think I was making around three hundred twenty five dollars every two weeks. Jeez. Um, so it was like six hundred and fifty bucks a month. Yeah. Are you kidding so then me? They were taking, yeah. Then they take. That was, oh, but the thing of it is, is I was I didn't get my BAH, which is a housing allowance, because I lived in the barracks, yep. and I also didn't get my. Um, my food allowance because I used the chow hall on base, right? Yep. So they take that out. Okay. So that's what my check pay was. That was on the check, $350 or whatever it was, $325 <laughs> every two weeks. Yeah. That d- doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're 18 years old and you have all your lodging paid for, you got a chow hall literally from here to, yeah, yeah. to across the street, right? Yeah. So it's not that big of a deal, dude. It, like, it was awesome. Yeah. I wouldn't take it back for anything. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it was 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was Yeah, it was 20 years ago. You could buy a can of Copenhagen for literally $2.50. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah. On base. Oh, damn. Because there was no taxes on it. So, um, so needless to say, I paid out of my wages. Back then, it was $120 a month. That was a lot of money. You could make a car payment for that much money back then. Damn. Okay. So the other night I was like, I told Teal, I said, well, I think I can transfer my GI bill over to Reese. So I did some looking on it and stuff. And there is no fucking way that I, I, here's the thing. They say after so long, they just take your GI bill away. I wasn't, so I'll put it to you this way. If you don't use it. I'll put it to you this way. They don't pay for your college though. Okay. So what you got to do is you got to sign up for like NDSU. You got to get into classes for a college. You got to be a full time. refund. You got to be a full time student. No. Once you prove that you're a full time student to the VA, then or um actually it's through the active military you got to prove you're a full-time student which you send them your uh, whatever papers, whatever paper, yeah. Yeah, yeah so then they'd send you twelve hundred dollars a month during semester so it'd be like you know but once say like um hmm. so twelve hundred dollars so a good way for them to just fundraise <laughs> For themselves. for themselves. Yeah, that's what I mean, for themselves. Because so, people don't go to school and they never get their money right, then. That's right. So it's 1200 bucks a month only while if you're, you're in while, class. Only while you're enrolled. Yes, exactly. If you're not that's enrolled, you never say. get to see any of it. Right. So I, I, you know, and I thought about going to like some, well, of course, I started welding right out of the Marine Corps. Like literally that summer, I started welding. And I'm like, holy shit. You know, I saw what kind of money welders could make. And I was mm-hmm. like, especially, you know, construction pipeline type welders. And I was like, Fuck, I'm not going to college. Why would I go to college and make 30 grand a year? Because back then that was considered a good living. It was 30 yeah. grand. Well, I was making 80 right out the gate. Yeah. You know, well, shit. So I didn't use it. And I'm like, I'm always like, well, I just got it in my back pocket, you know? Like, I could always go back and learn to be a pilot or something. Yeah, I got shit, money you know, there. Yeah. Get a bachelor's degree in some bullshit. <laughs> be a pilot. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Go back to school for anything. Or yeah. just go there for the hell of it, you know, or whatever. But So what did you figure out now? So. I looked it up and I'm doing some research right now. And as far as I can tell right now is that GI bill of mine is gone. Like after so long, they just take it. They're yeah. like, no, you ain't getting it. Yeah. I think it's 15 years. Cause I looked up if you can transfer your GI bill to your beneficiaries, like my daughter, or my, yeah. my wife, if I was still active duty, I could do it. Yeah. 
but I can't do it because I've been out of active service for so long. That, that, that's you need f- to I got re-enlist fucked. and see if you can get that's it back. That's what Teal said. So it's funny you said that because Teal goes, I guess you could rejoin up. Yeah. <laughs> see if it's still, see if the ticker's still ticking there somewhere. Yeah, they no start shit, you right? at zero again. Yeah, I, I, I have oh, dreams man. about that, dude. I have Damn. dreams that they're like. Think how many people's money they took. Yeah. Right, that's a huge fundraiser, dude. For sure, big fundraiser. I know very few vets like that get went out to and college go back to school, or they might go for one semester and it ain't for them, yeah. which typically is the deal. Yeah. So it's like a huge pyramid scheme, dude. Yeah. It's like then they join a militia, <laughs> <laughs> get an education there, <laughs> yeah. keep training <laughs> out in Beltrami, yeah, you know, out in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Running, yeah. they got their own GI Bill. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I I thought that was interesting and also a little bit aggravating. I was like, God, these freaking shysters, man. Got it. Well, yeah, you weren't the businessman you should have been. Well, you know? the thing of it is, looking back now, it wasn't. It really isn't that much money, but yeah, no. But whatever, you know, the Marine Corps. To you is, now, but to some people, it'd be a ton. It could send a person for their edu- part of their education, change your life. You know, I bring up I bring up the Marine Corps and the Chow Hall. You know, because the Chow Halls are really were, I, I good food. A lot of guys bitched about it, but I actually I thought it was pretty decent. Yeah, you know, because you ate fucking mayonnaise sandwiches <laughs> growing up you know so, oh, so it's a treat i'll so, never get so over that i remember i'm they, gonna make you one for your birthday so they always had like a salad bar with all the fixings you know the, the cucumbers and yeah the, and the you know the lettuce and ham yeah and oh yeah and the, in the four, little uh four shelled, types of dressing yeah and the shelled um uh sunflower seeds yep, and stuff sunflower you know and the seeds. bacon bits and everything you know so I, re- <laughs> I remember uh, bacon bits. And <laughs> this is like a fucking any fucking buffet anywhere. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the beginning of any buffet anywhere. The shittiest ones, yeah, whatever, man. Yeah, Pizza Hut, it don't matter. They still got the fucking hard ass bacon bits, cheese, and the maybe sliced, some old hey. diced up eggs. Yeah, the diced up <laughs> eggs, know. man. So, so anyways, <laughs> the, one of the weirdest parts about getting out of the active duty military, the Marine Corps, like, I got home and I was living with a buddy and his dad, you know, and I remember kind of, you you just train yourself because it, it was four years of chow hall, you know. Yeah. I remember just kind of walking outside and be like, God damn. Where do I walk I to eat? to eat? <laughs> <laughs> I looked left. I looked right. And went, there ain't nothing out here, man. Son of where a... The f- yeah, hmm. I remember thinking, where the fuck is I the I need Chow somewhere hall? within 100 yards where I can get some food. You know? Yeah, so that was the weirdest part about getting out because, you know... <laughs> It's just I was one of those Marines that never got married, never never lived off base or anything. I was just one of the few that, you know, I'd say was probably, a true jarhead. Yeah, I was the true freaking barracks rat. You know, I was. You know, I was. <laughs> I was a barracks rat. You know, and, and guys, a lot of guys do it like college or something. Like you live on campus for yeah. a year and then you bump off a lot to of your guys house. Stay on or, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, and then another thing too with the Marine Corps is, uh, you get to see, you know. There were some guys that finagled their way. They wanted to live off base, so they had, like... Yeah, lied somehow. Well, you'd have to, like, know a guy, an so, admin that knew a guy that... So, like, my mom had to write a note for me in college that saying that I was living at home even though I was going to school yeah. six hours away. Yeah, you'd know a guy that knew a guy that, you know, an admin that could could get you your BAH allowance, then you could rent a house with a couple other guys out in town, you know. But that was almost... That was a big shit show because you'd have to get up at, like, 4.30 in the morning to get back on base. Bases are... Oh, big bases only, like that. you got to get in certain times. Well, big bases like that are a clusterfuck, you know. Where at? You know, camp Lejeune, North Carolina. It's fucking huge traffic going in every morning at like six. Yeah, major traffic. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like worse than the Twin Cities. Like, <laughs> like just a little pocket though. Like, yeah. they're just like 
It's like getting out of the fucking out of a UND game yeah, every single say, yeah, morning. Out of a sports game or something yeah, at the end of the. That's kind of how it was, you know. I was like, get the fuck, you know, whatever. Out but. of a share concert or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, share. Who's that other one? Uh, Adele. You know. Adele, <laughs> Adele oh, or share and what out of this share concert a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah, we sat there for me two of the hours. Barracks in North Carolina on fucking 6 a.m. Camp Lejeune, I'll never... Camp Lejeune. Yeah, I'll never forget the old Driftwood right outside the back gate. The old, the old Driftwood? driftwood. Yeah, what? It, was, it was a... Uh, what do they call it? The... Uh, I think they called it the New River Ballerina. It was a... Uh, it was a gentleman's uh, club. Oh, no doubt. The old Driftwood. <laughs> the old New River Ballerina. I think that's what we called it. <laughs> They're not dumb. They, they parked were... one, right? That's the only thing oh, next yeah, to base. Uh, it was the first thing you see when you get out of that gate, and I'm sure they're still in business. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Making that's, bank. That's the best business in the Jacksonville, North Carolina. Yeah, that's, see... Lucky you couldn't go there because you were putting that hundred and twenty bucks away. That well, every every paycheck you didn't have the money to go there even, and waste. You even talk yourself when you're in the Marine Corps and you live on base. You can buy so back then you could buy a six pack of beer for this is about two dollars and fifty cents, right? Jeez. So, you, but they'd only sell it in freaking six packs, right? Mm-hmm. Because you you had you were allowed to buy one six pack per per uh, visit. To the PX store, right? Yeah, just go set it outside yeah, and come back dude, in. Yeah, dude, honest to God. So so I had a vehicle. I had a pickup towards the end there. So you, yeah, put it in my pickup, <laughs> and I go back in and buy another one. And then they would let you do it. They knew yeah, you. Yeah, they, yeah. Saw, they were just following policy, yeah, right? I don't care if Next. you buy it all night, but... <laughs> You're only taking six at a time. <laughs> yeah, dude. So then you learn, you like talk yourself into just staying in the barracks and, you know, hanging out with, you know, and the, getting drunk or whatever it, you, because it's so cheap, you know, like you yeah. justify staying in the barracks, I guess, and get blackout drunk on beer, which is <laughs> takes hard a lot <laughs> after four years yeah. of doing that. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway. So you should have went to the titty bar and it would have been cheaper. Well, it would have been cheaper by that time. But yeah. yeah, so anyway, it was. I got so many good Back stories. Back when you could get a lap dance for 50 cents. Flip <laughs> the old 50 Shit. cent piece up there. Yeah. Make it hail on them get instead of make, make it rain. <laughs> make it hail. Make it and hail. And I'll tell you, them, them oh, ones buddy. out there at that around that base are some real doozies. <laughs> <laughs> All straight from Vegas. Oh, well, yeah, they were... They were I went, I've been to a couple clubs before. We went, uh, <laughs> uh, whatever, tell one more story. But, you know, been to ones in Minneapolis that are kind of high end. You know, you get like the Vikings that go there, the Minnesota yeah, yeah. Vikings yeah. and this and that. And you're like, whoa, all right. Anyway, so that was mine and my buddy's experience throughout, you know, in college or living in Minneapolis. And then we went to visit a buddy in prison in Yankton, South Dakota. Oh, my God. You went to Yankton. <laughs> Ooh, uh, baby. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, dude. It's, there's no rules here. I'm like, it's yeah. There's yeah. no rules. And I'm then, gonna be over here playing this slot machine. Just <laughs> you do whatever you want. Get, I'm getting a beer and blah blah blah. But he's like, what the hell is going on here? Where do these girls come from? But when I when I was working on the road, I was down by Omaha and I was Teal and Reese came down to visit me. It was before Cash was born, and uh, I was down there with a couple buddies from from around here. Not <laughs> all of them, but they were, they were from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, they were like, oh, we're going to go to the, the, the stripper club or whatever. And Teal's like, you know, of course, she was real a big fan of that, you know. And I, of course, <laughs> I, wasn't, I, w- I wasn't going because You're I was. You were like, I'm not going, honey. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm just driving them to the gas station and <laughs> no. drop them off. No, no. I, obviously, I stayed there with my family. You know, oh, I was, yeah, I was yeah. living in my fifth-wheel camper at the time, okay. long I-29 there. 
And those guys, the, dude, those guys got back and they were all excited. You know, they were pretty <laughs> pumped up. They weren't really pumped up that they were at like a, a, a you know, a titty adult bar ballerina. Yeah. They were actually more pumped up about the idea that this is a typical fucking northern Minnesota. And they were pumped up because they could bring their own beer in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bring your own bottle. <laughs> bring your own beer. They were more in. pumped like, up about being hell? able to bring a case of Coors Light in than they were that the fact that they were actually there. Yeah. They were like, oh, no, it's fucking cheap. You know I mean? <laughs> you can bring your own booze. You can yeah, drink dude. there all night. And yeah, dude. Look at titties. Yeah, they were all more pumped up about their own <laughs> beer thing than anything. And I was like. That's guys, how you know you're out at a little club in the country well, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a BYOB, yeah. So BYOB. <laughs> so like strip clubs, kind of they kind of give me the heebie-jeebies just because there's a, like a there's a there's a personal disconnect. Yeah, there's a huge personal disconnect. It's all entertainment purposes only. So there's like um, they they kind of creep me out a little bit that you know first of all you're in there you would potentially be in there with other males that are doing the same kind thing. Of, kind of have this delusional <laughs> aspect, this delusional dream or no, i shouldn't say dream but this delusion that that somehow they're gonna take one home well or something i don't, I don't really you're know gonna what be that's the all girlfriend about. and i'm not defending like i'm not really saying well i'm not the kind of guy that goes to strip clubs you know i'm Why not saying you change that. your voice like well that? i don't know because i'm not there's, i'm, I'm if not that's your gay I guess, voice there's gay clubs i guess too. i'm not pandering to 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 us you know a certain audience here but like there is a definitely a, a weird I guess vibe coming coming out. It's not like you'd think it would be at all. No, it's not. I don't think it is. It's I, like I remember being in the Marine Corps. Well, first of all, the I think drift it's like would, about as basic as you can do. Pay to play, man. Yeah, but you, you don't really do anything though. Unless you're in South Dakota, <laughs> you can do shit. <laughs> well, the thing that is, it's, no. it's, it's they're, they're, it's purely entertainment. Yeah, uh, you know, for sure. I I, I think uh, there was one in the Marine Corps. There was one called Toby's. Um, I and think I, never, the, I think a lot of people. I mean, if you get if you're like a regular at a strip club, you like go there for cocktails and right. The tits it's like a bar. The tits don't even bother you. That's what I was just gonna say. Anything so, of it? So Toby's, like, so Toby's hang out there. Fucking Toby's on the other side of town. When I, I never went there, but I heard about it. They, they had like lunch specials. Like yeah, you go in there. <laughs> you go. <laughs> <laughs> to the hot dog buffet at lunch. No shit, right? <laughs> yeah, they had like lunch. Like guy, the guys would be like, "Hey, we're going out to Toby's for like." They had like supper taco special. buffet. Yeah, yeah you know, taco. like like, and I'm like, how good would the food be at a strip club? You know, I I just can't imagine that a strip club would be known for its food <laughs> for its sanitary <laughs> fucking. Yeah, dude, it's actually kind of <laughs> like, gross. Well, then back then you could smoke in in any like North any Carolina. bar. Yeah, North Carolina was bad because it you. You'd go into a Waffle House at three in the morning after a wicked bender, <laughs> and they'd be in there smoking cigarettes yeah. everywhere. Perkins, yeah, it was had crazy. A smoking section with like a eye level divider, yeah, between dude. the non-smoking and the smoking. Yeah, and and like the smoking, the non-smoking section was like this one table. Yeah, you know? otherwise <laughs> everybody was sl slinging cigarettes around. <laughs> at a smoke, buddy, you want to smoke? At hey, a buddy that was it. in his deer stand. Hey, how about a but, smoke and a pancake? That was, yeah. <laughs> at a buddy that was in his deer stand last week and said that, man, my window was froze still in the morning until the heater got going and I smoked in a sink. And it was just, <laughs> oh, it was just, just blue. Just a mess in there. It was just blue in here. I haven't seen that in a while, you know? Like, felt like it was back at the old VFW. Yeah, you know? I, I was just thinking about... it's, Dude, it's so nice that you can't do that. Can you imagine going back to that now? And, the I mean, you don't go the to... hangovers no, were terrible. I mean, you don't go to the bars, but no, smoking in the bars. I still do go... I Like the other night I went out um, with Teal and I did with some friends, but um, the hangovers were absolutely and utterly d 
terrible when people smoked in the bar. I don't know why. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, the headaches yeah. were just insane, man. Like in North Carolina, I, I'd wake up in the barracks, and I first of all, I didn't even half the time wouldn't know how I got back there. <laughs> Second of all, I wake up and I didn't know where the hell my vehicle was or nothing. But um, <laughs> I dro- did I drive? I, drove, I mean, yeah. I'm talking. We'd have we'd have hangovers <laughs> and headaches so bad that the doc. Our, so our this is the would, this is the fucking irony. Why did you join the fucking military? Because oh, well, you I did a double trouble. Dewey summer. Yeah, I got in trouble. Now I'm now, now I don't even I don't even know how the hell I'm getting back on base. <laughs> I remember one time I took a tank trail. With so my you Toyota didn't pickup. learn your lesson. By Fuck, the time apparently not. You went down there. Well, were... this this was the last six months of my Marine Corps experience were way different than the first three and a half years. Because the three and a half years, I kind of I got I got what what do they call it again? They call it a short termers or what? Short timer? Short timers. I, I got know. short timers. So like six months before I got out, they asked me if I wanted to reenlist, and I thought about it. I had had a lot of training, you know, and I, I was kind of into a specialty, uh, you know, occupation. And we were in high demand, and they offered some stuff up, and I decided to pull the pin and not reenlist because I just wanted to move on to the next stage of my life, which I'm glad I did. Yeah. Um, but then they put you in a different unit. They don't put you in a different unit, but you stay with your guys that you're always with. In fact, we went to California. But they know that you're getting out. But they know you're getting out. So they call us short timers, right? So you kind of get discounted out of it. The fucking short timers over here, you know, and then you're just kind of like the fucking. Yeah, you don't need this. You're on your way Yeah, we're in the wastebasket, you know. So, like, you don't need this training or whatever. So you're just kind of always hanging out. Just Mm -hmm. hanging out, you know. So, but it feels kind of bad because you're like a sergeant. You got all this experience. So it's kind of a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, right. Stand in there. I think they do it on purpose for For maybe see if you'll crumble yeah crumble and be like all right i gotta be part of this fucking gun club again you know what i'm yeah. saying like yeah they razz you man yeah so like the last six months of my marine corps career wore out of control like that because it what you're just like a bunch of monkeys you know monkey see monkey do right so the guys before you are doing the same shit mm-hmm. so then all of a sudden all of a sudden you got this whole new life it's almost like this transition into civilianhood again where you're out in town and uh, all the short timers are all hanging out together looking forward to getting out but it's weird because once you get out then you're like fucking hey i miss those guys you know like i miss being part of that yeah organization you know uh, it, it's more than just being in the military it's you know once you're in, in a yeah, for sure it, it's it's bittersweet i'll say you know i think that's what makes the military seem so great all the time and people love it because they band together like that. even if it's over fucked up shit that you're going to fight you you don't think about that. You just think about your guy with you, and you know there's no questioning it, right? You're just in yeah. it together. So there is no questioning. Don't it. question it like the other people do. They question why we're it. in the war. And you just do it. Why we're sending you over there? But you're just yeah. You just do it. Do and it. You know what's weird? It. You know what's weird is uh, try to make sure you all come out. I want to end this on. You know we're probably gonna have to sneak out of here on this podcast. Yeah. But let, let me let me just end this on a really kind of a kind of a positive aspect of my military experience was. Went through a lot of shit with a lot of got different guys together, you know, bad situations. But I'll tell you, but when you're going through some of that stuff, you're like, God, you know, this fucking is terrible or whatever, you know, like uh, even some of the training was worse than actually being in Afghanistan. Some of the training I went through was fucking horrendous. <laughs> Brutal, yeah. Okay, but I'll tell you. You went through it I, with I th- them. Looking back, there were some experiences like in the barracks, right? Some of the cleaning and shit they made us do when I was a young boot. Um is actually 
worse in my memory than some of the hardest physically shit I've ever done, right? <laughs> yeah. Scrubbing it's shit like, with a toothbrush, yes, like dude. full metal jacket or Yeah, or, or having what? them come in at one in the morning, you know, in your private or a Lance Corporal or something, and they come in and wipe, take their white glove and wipe it on the top of your door jam, and they're like, nope, not good enough. You know, and they're drunk. Yeah. Because it's, like it's kind of like a way of, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a hazing almost. Yeah, you know? for sure. Not it's good a hazing. Enough, not, it's like the, the brotherhood, you know? Yeah. So then, but but I think that was... So then you got to wake up and clean? Yeah, that was my distasteful memories. My best memories are some of the worst suffering, you know, Afghanistan, training for recon, some of that other stuff. Is some Even the painful, cold, miserable stuff is not the bad memories. Those are the actually the good memories. Yeah. So that's how I know when you're going through a battle in life, whether you're in the military or not, sometimes it might seem like it really sucks, but you're going to embrace some of the shitty stuff sometimes you, you know you have to go through that to get to the other side fuck yes you do there's always light on the other shit, side man. so if anybody's going through a struggle just know it's gonna get better it's gonna get better learn i'm get through it. it and you'll look back and appreciate the the struggle that you had going through it so. oh uh one other thing well, i know we said it last year what do we got let's we really got to get serious about um getting uh getting somebody else on here Wow, we don't even episode. have. Well, yeah, but yeah, we can do that. We but can let them talk. We get a special guest. We can let them talk on our mics, but we, we only got to set up for two mics, so you know we're kind of screwed. We got to just let them holler at it. Well, maybe we'll try to get a special guest. We'll get a special <laughs> guest. Yeah, we was, say it about every other was, episode. That we're, was, we're gonna get somebody next week. That was, I said last episode. I said we're gonna monetize this sucker too. Did we? Yeah, I did. I'm like, oh, uh, I got a check in the I, fucking mailbox. I didn't know what that was all oh, about. No dude. doubt. Really? They started coming. <laughs> Sweet. Fuck yeah! It said that. No, it said, I uh, didn't really want to. I, don't, or I haven't. Maybe I'm just too lazy. What's at the, the name moment, of the? Uh, what is it? Company? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fucking Spotify. I yeah, know. I got a check from Spotify. Yeah. I don't know. It was like ten grand. Yeah, something. Yeah. On Spotify, <laughs> I bet, <laughs> I bet you did. But no, for now we're still just gonna be a couple folks up north, uh, spouting at you for our own therapy, therapy, and uh, hopefully, hopefully you like listening and it helps you a little bit too. Anyway, enjoy, enjoy this one, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. Till then, be peaceful to one another. <laughs>